Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Welcome to our 2012 Toy Fair coverage. I'm Arnie. I'm Marjorie. And today was day one of Toy Fair, and we had a Hasbro presentation that we're going to be telling you all about. And in fact, you'll be able to hear in its entirety later in this show. But this past weekend, you know, it's like the Tatooine Suns aligned for Star Wars this weekend. Well, The Phantom Menace opened up in theaters, again, in 3D or regular D. Being up here in New York for Toy Fair, we ended up seeing it at a theater recommended to us by Reverend Strone in the mm-hmm. forums, one we hadn't heard of before. The Ziegfeld, up on 54th. Gorgeous theater. Huge theater. 1,200 seats in the theater. We were afraid that the showing might be sold out. We ended up going on Friday afternoon to a 3.30 showing because of Toy Fair, not having the time to go later in the evening. I had called because I couldn't get tickets online. I thought it was sold out because it kept telling me there are no tickets available for that showing. And I panicked thinking, oh, crap, it sold out the good theater. So I called just to make sure. And first of all, I made the mistake of calling it The Phantom Menace, and the lady was very confused and kept telling me there was no movie called The Phantom Menace coming out. Turns out I just needed to say Star Wars. She was well aware there's a Star Wars movie coming out. And then she told me that there were only 15 tickets sold for the show I wanted to see. Yeah, we went. There were probably 30 or 40 people in the entire 1,200-seat theater. I counted. There were 35. Does that include our new stuffed Yoda that we put in the seat next to us and had the 3D glasses on? Is Yoda a human? We don't quite know what he is. He might be a very old human. There are 35 humans at that theater. Okay. I'll have to admit that I went into The Phantom Menace with somewhat low expectations because post-conversion 3D is usually a headache-inducing nightmare. And even when it's done great it's still only been passable in the past i think of last year's movies like thor captain america both of which were released in 3d neither of which were shot in 3d and were just not very good 3d when i saw them in theaters even piranha 3d which was post-conversion it was good and gimmicky and kind of fun and funny but the 3d itself really had its moments, but it didn't jump out at you. So being the Phantom Menace, which I love the movie, but if I'm being analytical, I have to say it's the weakest of the Star Wars saga. It is, absolutely. 
I went in just kind of with low expectations, and I have to say, all of my expectations were beat. I was blown away. I thought it would be more crisp and clear, I guess, was my only complaint. I thought it would be, like, they would have, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be more like a a high def because it was 3D. And not everything was eye-popping 3D. And there were some scenes it looks like they didn't even touch. I think they did. The thing I keep reading from people, and some people say it like it's a compliment. Some people say it like it's a bad thing, is that sometimes you forget you're watching 3D. And the thing they did, and... It may have been the right choice, is they decided not to make it gimmicky. When we went to San Diego Comic-Con last year, we went to Disneyland and saw Captain EO. Yes. And if you want to see gimmicky, there's this little winged fairy beast that flies right in your face and everybody reaches out and tries to grab the fairy. And the Phantom Menace did none of that. What they did, they never popped anything in your face. Instead, everything stayed at the screen. What they did was add depth. So instead of coming out at you and, you know, being all up in your face like a lot of these gimmicky 3D films do. However, they missed a really great opportunity, not necessarily to be gimmicky because it would have worked in the film, is when Anakin blows up the droid control ship and that fire just fills the entire screen. That should have had a little bit more 3D effect. Honestly, my feeling is if you're going to go 3D, 3D is a gimmick. You're making me put on some silly glasses. Admittedly, I subscribed to the Clone Wars magazine for $45 to get one pair of those silly glasses. Sucker! And we got two pairs of the Darth Maul glasses. Yes. Thanks to the theater we went to. But you're wearing silly glasses. It is a gimmick. And I like it when it's a little gimmicky. And I wanted it to pop in my face. I really did. That's what I want if I'm watching 3D. And there's a scene when Darth Maul's on Tatooine and he's got his probe droids. And one of the probe droids goes right at the lens. And I wanted it to come past the screen and in my face. You know, I wanted one of those everyone in the theater's ducks kind of moments. Mm-hmm. I wanted the kind of thing that they always do. They did one of them. Just one. It's when Anakin is in the pod race and he's reaching out for the cable that's come untached and he's reaching out towards the audience. I wanted more of that kind of thing. I wanted more in-your-face 3D to make it more fun. Well, and those scenes were already set up, so it's not like they had to change anything or manipulate anything. They could have just done a little bit more. But that being said, I think that the place where the depth really shined was the ending battle with the Gungans and the battle droids. Most of it's all CGI anyway, but it just really, you could see battle droids for what seemed like miles. They were just so crisp and so clear, and you had the depth there of the rows, and you really got a feeling for the rows. And I think that was the best part of it. I thought the pod race would be great, but it wasn't the best part. The pod race was good. I thought that the Gungan droid battle was crisper than I'd ever seen. 3D really did help that a lot and really made it seem more epic in scope. Another part I really liked, the opening crawl. Yes. That was just amazing to be floating out there. And they did what all 3D movies do. Any of the subtitles, when Anakin's speaking Huttese, the subtitles are kind of floating out and a little bit off the screen. They really pop. The one place that I was in awe was on Coruscant. 
and they do this overhead shot to show you how high up you are in Coruscant, and it really felt like I was way high up looking down. Yeah, that scene was not too bad either. They did a pretty good job on that one. But for the most part, it just kind of felt like, all right, I'm watching a movie. I got the eye strain, but I'm not getting the eye-popping 3D effect. The thing that I felt was, at times, yes, you did forget you were watching a 3D movie. I think that they spent their time on some scenes more than others. On Mm -hmm. some scenes, it felt more 3D than others. In other scenes, I actually, because I was wanting to review it for this podcast, started closing one eye and then opening both eyes to see how different the depth was. And in some of the scenes when they're talking, like... On Tatooine in Watto's junk shop, there wasn't a whole lot of difference, but the Senate Rotunda was great. Anything on Coruscant. I disagreed with the Senate Rotunda because I thought it could have been used more effectively there, and it was very subtle. It was subtle the whole way through, and I just think that maybe it's a more evolved kind of thing. Now, this still, honestly, isn't Avatar-level 3D. No, no. Because I just don't think anything post-converted can live up to anything shot. And when I watched the trailers before they showed us the Phantom Menace, they had trailers for a couple animated films. They had an animated Ice Age 3D cartoon with Scrat. They had trailers for Wrath of the Titans and trailers for the new Spider-Man film. I'm going to say this. The post-conversion 3D on the scenes that I feel really were very 3D, where it seemed to me like they spent more time, were almost as good as the stuff we saw in the trailer that was filmed 3D. In fact, it was better than Wrath of the Titans many times. I thought Wrath of the Titans was post-converted, and I went and looked it up, and no, they say it was shot in 3D. So I think that they really took the time, they did it right, and because they did it pretty quickly, I was concerned that they weren't. I think that for what it is, and I do feel like it's a gimmick. I think that that's why it's there, is to get Phantom Menace over the one billion mark in worldwide gross, and what is going to bring us back in? We just got the Blu-ray, so what's going to bring us back in? The gimmick of 3D. I don't think 3D adds much to a film in general, and I think what you take away from this may greatly be dependent upon your own view of 3D films. I just don't think, despite the fact we wear polarized sunglasses now instead of red and blue lenses, they are a little bit clearer, but they're still no less gimmicky than they were with Jaws 3D or Friday the 13th 3D. And I am not a 3D fan. One, because it is gimmicky. And if I'm going to have to suffer through it, because I'm one of those people, I do get a migraine from it, I'll say up front, and I do get really bad eye pain, like just strain. If I'm going to watch a 3D movie... I really want it to be gimmicky and give me something in my face so that I feel like I'm getting the experience. There was none of that in here. There's great opportunities for a lot of it. Like, again, with the fire, with the droid control ship. The fire engulfs the screen. That fire should have came out far enough where I think I could grab it. You know what I mean? Like, missed opportunities for it. It's like they intentionally tried to not make it gimmicky, but then totally missed some key areas where it wouldn't have been gimmicky, but it would have fit. I agree. I think that I wanted a little bit of that gimmick. I don't get eye strain with 3D movies. 
but I did this time. And I think it's because the Phantom Menace is so kinetic and there's so much going on that after a little over two hours, my eyes were hurting. I found that my eyes were crossing a little bit during the part of the movie I like most, which is Darth Maul and Obi-Wan's final battle. Yeah, it just makes your eyes throb. And it's almost like they don't want to cooperate when you're trying to look at something. I have found if you are one of those people that does get the headache, if you take some Excedrin before the movie, it does help somewhat, but it doesn't help with the eye strain. Still, I liked it. And having picked up a 3D TV a lot because of Star Wars' re-release in 3D, I am really hoping that this October we get a 3D Blu-ray release and that they don't hope for a full six-movie set. Now, the thing Lucasfilm said, Rick McCollum said, well, we may not do all six. It really depends on how they perform at the box office. Then they probably should not have started with The Phantom Menace, the one that very few people have an emotional attachment to. That's what a lot of people have said, but according to Box Office Mojo, Fox executives said they were hoping to make $20 million this opening weekend. They made $8.5 million on Friday alone. And while that's number three at the box office, according to Box Office Mojo, they're poised for $25 million this weekend. So if they do that, Attack of the Clones announcement for officially next February is more than likely. It's a shame that they didn't start this year earlier because we got married just before Attack of the Clones. To This year's our 10th wedding anniversary, so that would have been great to see that. Now, the one other thing I liked was, despite having just rewatched Phantom Menace on Blu-ray, being in a theater is an experience that I feel is unparalleled. Because when you're in a theater, you don't have dogs scratching at the door because they need to go out, and you have to pause the movie to go let the dogs out. You don't have your phone going off and texting, or if you do, you deserve to be punched in the face. But yeah, but on the flip side, I honestly could say sometimes Marjorie has to go to the bathroom and doesn't want to miss the movie, and pausing it is also nice. But being alone in a theater with the Phantom Menace for the first time since November of 99 when they did that charity re-release and I went and I literally was alone in the theater it made me realize that while again I state it's the weakest of the Star Wars films god I love this movie seeing Ewan when he unmasks when he's on the droid control ship and downplay your anxieties Obi-Wan with Qui-Gon I just the opening scenes took me back to 1999 when I was so excited to be seeing these characters and hanging on their every word in a way that no home video release has been able to replicate for me. And so half the fun was seeing what they did with the 3D. The other half of the fun was just getting a chance to re-experience The Phantom Menace like I did back in 99. What was nice is you and I are going to be able to experience all six movies in the theaters together instead of just two. We've only experienced two in the theaters together. That's true, not counting celebration screenings or other things for actual theatrical releases. Yeah, we've only seen Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. So we get to make our own memories. However, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that of all the six movies, this is my least favorite because it's the most boring. Who cares about trade routes and disrupting them? Read too Darth many, Plagueis and you will. Too many politics. There is. And that's the thing is, I mean, I OD'd on The Phantom Menace in 99 by buying tickets for every single showing for the first four days it was out. Oh my gosh, I'm surprised you can even watch it again. Yeah, it was hard, but the first... <laughs> Six or seven showings in theaters in 99, I was really into it. But by showing 11, it was kind of like 
Opening battle, yay! God, I'm bored. God, I'm bored. Chawanawonga, God, I'm bored. Pod race, boredom, boredom, trade route, boredom, boredom, po- politic, bureaucrat, boredom, lightsaber fight with Darth Maul. So I've gotten past that point where I was in 99 because I had to detox off Phantom Menace just a little bit, but it's still a great theatrical experience. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend, though, honestly, See it on a good theater. I'm so glad that Strone recommended the Siegfried to us. It's the Ziegfeld, Arnie. Oh, not it's not like Siegfried and Roy? No. Oh. This is why you have me. Because you would have been looking all over Manhattan for the Siegfried. For the Ziegfeld. Because I've read a lot of reports online where people go, it's blurry. Mm-hmm. Where they say, it's dark. And the fact is... Projectors need to be shown brighter in order to do 3D, and it shortens the life of the bulbs, and bulbs are expensive. And honestly, in our hometown, we have subpar projectors. When you go to a bigger city, the studios actually send out secret auditors to check for bulb brightness and things. So I would suggest seeing this at the best theater available to you, because I've read so many disparate reports of it was too dark, it was too fuzzy. Seeing it in this theater lets me know that that is more than likely the result of your theater not the print yeah or digital or whatever you call it nowadays i mean even the arc light apparently showed it out of focus Mm -hmm. on the midnight screening last week midnight screenings are also few and far between yeah we couldn't find one in our area no not at all because we would have gone and not seen it in manhattan because well we're in manhattan and there's lots more to do than movies but it was the phantom menace so it was worth it And speaking of other stuff to do in Manhattan, like Toy Fair. Yes, we went to Toy Fair. Well, I started with the preview day from Hasbro. They do this every year, and man, the presentation started at 1. Actually, 1.20. It's a little bit late. It was scheduled to start at 1. At about 1.30, I was watching My Little Pony, and finally, seemed a little bit after 3, they finally got through all the Transformers. All the G.I. Joe, no disrespect to those who collect them. Mm-hmm. I've collected Transformers a lot, and that new G.I. Joe movie looks just this side of awesome, but not what I was there for. No. And we finally got to Star Wars, and after spending like 45 minutes on G.I. Joe and a half an hour on Transformers or vice versa. Uh, I think they each were 45 minutes, to be honest, not going to lie. We had a 15-minute Star Wars presentation. Yeah, it was very quick. I almost felt like they were a step shy of bringing out the micro machines guy to go and we got movie heroes and the movie heroes have light up lightsabers and we got an mmt and we got the mmt and we got this vintage line and the vintage line's gonna have a drug and carbonite and we got all these toys and now we're done yeah that's kind of what it felt like it really felt like they were rushing to get through it and it's like no this is why i'm here but Let's see what they did talk about. They did start off talking about the movie Heroes line of figures. It's excited me. I've gotten into this debate with even some other people up here who do fan sites. Paul from Jedi Temple Archives and I had a discussion about these light-up figures. I'm like, it's a lightsaber. It should light up. I've thought that, why should the applause figures from Episode 1 that went on clearance and I picked them all up be the only figures I have that light up or some sideshow stuff? I want light-up figures. He's like, but they have less articulation. You know, articulation has its place, but I like something that looks good because a lot of times I'll just pose a figure in one specific pose and leave it like that. I don't go around and re-articulate it all the time. But then I pointed out that battery acid is going to eat your figure. Well, this is true. Well, yeah. So there's your choices. 
But they are bringing out more light-up lightsabers with a Vader and an Anakin. And they're going to have battle packs with all new sculpted figures. They're going to be dual-based, have a duel on Naboo with Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Maul. And then a duel on Bespin with Luke, Vader, and Fett. They didn't release information about a ton of figures going forward. No. But this is what they did talk about. Then they brought out the big mamma jamma, the MTT tank. So it's a mobile troop transport tank tank? Yes. Got it. This thing is big. It is big, but the first thing I noticed, it is so unremarkable on the outside. It is plain looking, which is how it is in the movie. I mean, droids aren't flashy. They're not going to paint flames on the sides of their tank. But here's the problem. It is not a much beloved vehicle. But it has its fans. But no, it's not original trilogy beloved. It's big, though. And what I found very cool was that they showed off some of the electronics. We put a video of these electronics up on our Facebook page, which you can check out at facebook.com forward slash news. Now, there's some things about this before you get all excited about buying it that you need to know about it. One, it is big. Very. It's very big. Need good display space. And it comes with 20 battle droids. Four of which are articulated. And then the others are on, they have their feet kind of on a figure stand. They're kind of glued together because they stand in the back of the transport. Their arms are the only parts that are articulated. So you can raise their arms up to shoot something. But they just stand. That's all they do. They don't like curl up in their little neat package when they're deployed. They stand and you have to actually manually put it back in and then start the reloading process. What they remind me of is like board game pieces. You know how board game pieces often have the thick bases because they're cheaply made and they're not going to stand on their own. So that's what the other 16 droids kind of remind me of. I am a little disappointed that the droids do not deploy in their little hunched up. curled up package. Yeah, they deploy standing straight up. And I'm like, well, you know, that's not right. It's cool that they deploy at all, though. Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of storage for other droids in there. But the little rack that comes out doesn't hold bent droids. It only holds these guys. Now, it also comes with an OB want episode one figure because the droids need someone to shoot at yes and it has assorted sounds and phrases that it says and the doors open up in the front and the cockpit opens and i gotta say they got the voice of the battle droids it sounds like from the clone wars to record some lines for this and i laugh when battle droids talk they make me happy yeah i i know they're they're kind of endearing and they're see and i know people don't understand Understand this, but I do love Jar Jar and I do love the battle droids. They're fun and it's okay. I mean, come on, you had a movie about trade routes and you're picking on Jar Jar? <laughs> I like the sounds and everything. The biggest problem I have is the price point for this ship because it's a little expensive. At $140. That's a lot of money for a ship that I'm probably just going to put out in its not deployed mode. And I'm not going to go around and push that button a whole bunch of times. And I'll push it a few times when we get it and we will get it. But I just feel like for what it is, it's still just seeing it in person. I didn't just sit there and go, I have to have three of those now. Some other people did. Chris Spice, who runs SamTroopers.com, said, I have to have three of those. Because he's thinking he's got the Fombas, and he's got all these troops and everything, and it'll be 
great out on a huge display, but it would be, it would be. Now here's the thing about this. This is probably the most obscure large scale vehicle they've released. Yeah, it is. I think that that Republic landing shuttle is more obscure, but it also was $60 less. See, that's the difference. And I wonder, I don't know for you that have children, are your kids clamoring for this? Is this something that they see in the movies? Like, I gotta have that toy. They're asking for it when they go to the store. I just don't know how much appeal it's going to have for the casual person to pick up because it's cool. I think that it could have done better maybe with the mechanics. They couldn't quite get it where it needs to be, but it it seriously kind of looks like you're surgically removing the battle droids when they come out. Well, no, they come out on their own, though. I know, but when you press the button, and you still have to kind of unfold it to get them out. Yeah. It just, it appears to be a surgical procedure, and then it goes back in. It just wasn't as graceful as it was in the movie. I'll just say that I'm really hoping that much like happened with all the last big vehicles, Amazon has a great sale come November, because it's it's great, and at $75, I'd buy two. At the current price, I'm going to wait and see if at $75, I can buy two. <laughs> now, let's talk about vintage figures, because that's really where I'm loving where the line has gone. They are passing vintage figure number 100 this year. I can't believe it, but that's a lot of vintage figures. I'm a little disappointed, though, because their 100th figure in the vintage line. Darth Vader? No. Boba Fett. No. You know, oh, yeah. you know who it should have been is Grand Moff Tarkin. Yes, it but should have been. I agree. He's finally going to be coming out on a vintage card. He's going to be figure number 98. 98? Yeah, 98. Okay. But figure 100 is Galen Merrick. Oh. From The Force Unleashed. Shouldn't it have been Grand Moff Tarkin? Grand Moff Tarkin would have been a good one, I think. Yeah. Or... If they wanted to do something totally different, figure 102 is Ahsoka, our first Clone Wars figure in realistic style. And coming right after, 103 is the Obi-Wan and the Anakin. And of all the figures we saw, even though I'm not a huge, huge Clone Wars fan, these are the figures I'm most excited about. I really am. Hmm. These figures look great. These are how the figures I think should have been from the start. These are amazingly detailed, wonderfully colored characters with great facial likenesses. That Ahsoka just really looks like a great EU figure. And to me, Clone Wars is EU. I realize it's T-level canon, not C-level canon, but it's still EU. That Obi-Wan figure has a face on him that looks so much to me like the gentle giant Obi-Wan clone armor mini bust they made, which isn't quite Ewan, but it's a very good Obi-Wan face. Mm -hmm. Those are looking really, really good. I think if you're going to bring the Clone Wars into the vintage era, perhaps making one of those figure 100, but no, Galen Merrick. It's like, well, I'm glad they're giving us Galen Merrick. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy to be getting some of these figures and they're doing some figures from the old Republic as well. And those look really good. The Darth Malgus figure, they all look good. I just feel like, I don't know, after the 300th Boba Fett, the 500th Vader, I feel like big round numbers should be celebrated. Exactly. They should be. It's a milestone. 100 is a big number. Now, let's talk exclusives, specifically San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. They broke my heart. I was excited, and then I was sad. I still want it. But there's one figure I get excited about being an exclusive. And that is? Jar Jar. 
So they got me all excited saying that Jar Jar was going to the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. And then I found out that the exclusive part is that he's frozen in carbonite. Well, you are getting a like super articulated vintage collection Jar Jar figure as figure 108 in the vintage line. So you're going to get your Jar Jar. Yeah, but it's bittersweet. Why does everybody hate Jar Jar so much? Here's the thing. It's not just a Jar Jar. You're only going to be able to get the Jar Jar and carbonite as this Comic-Con exclusive. Yes. But they are, oh... The packaging. They went into the Kenner archives way back to like 77. And apparently there were two final card designs when they were looking to release the figures. There's the silver and gold black we all know and that's what lucas finally decided on but he almost decided on this other card look and it's like the sky blue star wars with the hero luke and leia at his legs a sexy leia and luke weird brotherly sister pose thing it's beautiful i i I love that and i think you can get t-shirts like that already anyway with that logo you can i mean that's a very classical star wars logo yeah but as a card design it's very strange and if you're looking at the enhanced podcast right Right now, I mean, it's got this L shape going for it where it's got like Yavin and a ship and then a little box for the character that it is. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. It, I like the actual vintage one they use better because it's got bigger pictures of the yeah. characters. But this is very cool. There are six figures, one from each movie, that are going to be in this Comic-Con box set. And they're all vintage figures that will be released on vintage packaging. And they said something about chrome packaging. So it sounds like the Chase foil variant figures are coming back as well. Yeah. Now, the packaging, though, you got to back up a second because the package is a carbon freezing chamber. It's got the six sides. Yes, all six figures come in a... Sextagonal. Sextagonal box. Very good. That is like the carbon freezing chamber. And I was never a huge fan of the Death Star package from last year with all of its edges and its tape. Okay, here's the problem. One, dear God, the thing was almost as tall as me. I was carrying it as like dragging it on the ground almost. Terrible to ship. FedEx had to make custom box for us for each of them. This is going to be easier to ship. I'm loving this. This one is only a little bit taller than a figure, but it's pretty big around. It's about as big around as it is tall. About a foot by maybe 15 inches or so. And it looks like the carbon freezing chamber floor on the top. It's very cool. It's a window box all the way around. So that thing, you got to worry about getting dented and shipping. Yes, it's going to have to be packed with t-shirts or something around it. Lots of bubble wrap. But if you open up the top and slide out the middle, out comes your exclusive Jar Jar in Carbonite based on that statue we first saw at Celebration 3. It was fan-made and it now resides at Lucasfilm, Mm -hmm. and it is a very cool exclusive. It's a very fun exclusive, and if people like Marjorie, you don't like your Jar Jar entombed in carbonite, you can actually slide that out and turn it around and pop it back in and have it be the indentation where he was formerly frozen in carbonite after he was thawed. It's just kind of sad. I don't know why everybody hates him. I thought by now it would come back around and everybody would love him. Mm, Just you. Yeah. So that's going to be a nice set for Comic-Con. No word on availability. Hasbro knows that people are disappointed in the lack of availability of the Death mm-hmm. Star, even for those of us who went to Comic-Con and couldn't get them. Funny story. A security guard that I ran into at the Hasbro display was actually at Comic-Con. He was a very nice man, and he remembered me, and I remembered him. Nice little chat with the man. But it's going to be more reasonably priced since you're only getting the six 
six, but again, there's six figures that are going to be released in the vintage line, possibly on foil chase. It sounds like it. You're going to hear your, the presentation yourself and you'll hear them mention the foil. So you can judge for yourself and let us know in the forums or on our Facebook or Twitter feed if you heard the same thing I did because they were rushing through, like we said. But I think it's a much better exclusive than last year and hopefully more readily available. What they really wanted to talk about, though, yes, were their two new lines, the Fighter Pods, which we did a detailed review of mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago, and you can go back and listen to those. They didn't really have too much in the way of new news for them. We did get to see some out, and I don't know if I remembered that there was a Cad Bane and Clone Trooper outfit coming and some of those, but they really were pushing those. And then they pushed this new line called Amped. So it's an energy drink? It does sound like it. My God. What, first of all, it's a terrible, terrible name. That's one of those things like when I was young and my mom used to say things were totally awesome trying to relate to the hip kids. Yeah. And all it did was make her look 20 years older than she was, which was old. It's like, don't try to use terms that aren't in your real vernacular. Don't yeah. talk down to us. It should have been some kind of Star Wars-y term. I don't know what you could have used, but it just wasn't. Amped is, makes, I think there is an energy drink called Amped, honestly. I think it's, there is. If there isn't, there should be. Yeah. What these are are vehicles that come with tons of extra parts, so you can customize them in a ton of different ways. It looks kind of like Connects. You know what that is? is like the where you can build ships and stuff and that's mm-hmm. kind of what it looks like is you buy one and then you can build it different ways and it tells you and then you can just keep building upon that and they talked about how you could take Darth Vader's TIE Fighter and make it a TIE Crawler, which got me really excited because I think the TIE Crawler doesn't get a lot of love. But really, it's not an accurate TIE Crawler. It just is a TIE Fighter on, like, stilted treads. Yeah, I just, I don't know that this is good for us to buy. Maybe an eight-year-old boy would go crazy over this. I just got to say, these aren't for me. These aren't aimed at me. No. They don't want to sell them to me, which is good because I don't want to buy But if you recall, every year they have something like this. Remember the racers and the little... Remember the customs, the little motorbikes? I think that every year, because Hasbro is a toy company, and they're pretty much cookie cutter as they go across their brands. They try new things out and see if they can deploy them. The successful things, the Galactic Heroes, morphed into the Superhero Squad, and then you've gotten for Transformers, and you got them for Joe. Same thing with the... There's no reason they couldn't do this with G.I. Joe or Transformers. If it's successful. Well, they will. But here's what I feel this is, is a replacement for the Transformers crossovers. Remember, at New York Comic Con, I spoke with one of the gentlemen at Hasbro, and he told me the Transformers were going away, and that made me sad because I liked the new smaller ones. What gets me is these are coming out in different scales. So you can get a $6.99 amped figure set, a $14.99 amped figure and vehicle set, a $19.99 amped Starfighter set. A twenty four ninety nine amped AAT set, a thirty nine ninety nine amped X wing and Tie Fighter set. They come in all different scales. These are seeming to me like Transformers, where you have your little Transformers at the little price that transform a little bit, and then you have your big deluxe 
Transformers that do all these things. I think it's aiming to hit that kind of market who likes to transform their vehicles into other types of vehicles. And you know what? When I was like 11, there was a toy line called Jace and the Wheeled Warriors. Look it up. Nobody remembers it but me. But it was Jace and his Wheeled Warriors that came with these vehicles with tons of parts and I could attach buzz saws and weaponry to them and all of that who were fighting against giant plant monsters that looked like brains and they had vehicles I could do all this stuff too. He's not making this up. I saw the toys. Yeah, I recently eBayed them. Yes. They, that's what these remind me of. They're like Jason the Wheeled Warriors, which I loved when I was 11. So this may be great for an 11-year-old boy who likes Star Wars, but they're not for me. And I'm like, I don't like the name. I don't like the concept. I don't like the price. I don't like the look. This is a big fail for me. They're knobby. If you look at them, they've got the basic shape of the ship, but because they have connecting points, they just are knobby where they connect. Yeah, they've got a bunch of extra ports. You're going to have to look at the pictures to get what I'm saying, but just trust me, they're knobby. And And they're also stubby, but not in a cute Galactic Heroes kind of stubby, just in a kind of cheap-looking stubby, and I'm just, no, I'm not amped for this line. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. But I don't disparage anyone who likes it. I don't think that it's meritless. But again, 11-year-old boys. Yeah. But you know what? That's our impressions from the event. But here is the entire Hasbro brand presentation for Star Wars that they gave. Go ahead and listen to that. It's a great year to be a Star Wars fan. Not only are we back on the big screen, but we've got some great animation. Any uh, recent Clone Wars Season 4 episode fans? They have been awesome. Terrific animation, great entertainment, and of course, a lot of great product to take you through. We're going to take you through it quickly so you can get downstairs and see it in the flesh as fast as possible. Why even talk about what we're going to show you? Let's show it to you now. All right, we're going to jump in and talk about figures. Three words. Three words for the movie figures. Light up lightsabers. So these are rolling out now on shelf. The line is chock full of them. These are all new sculpts. They're fantastic. And of course, if you're going to have light up Obi-Wan, light up Qui-Gon, you still need light up Darth Vader and light up Anakin. So all new sculpts, great stuff's coming. And then further down the road, we've got light up blasters, a lot of great technology in there. And what I love most about these is that the sculpts, the articulation is still solid. We didn't have to compromise in order to get the awesome features. From a vehicle perspective, Clone Wars, we've got uh, these two coming out, the Recon Fighter and the Sub. The Sub actually has two modes, this kind of jet ski wave runner mode, as well as a mini Sub mode. And then the big vehicles. These have been shown before, but it's worth saying again, Mark Boudreau did a fantastic job with this brand new Nebu Starfighter, and it fits... R2-D2. R2-D2. So that's coming out in just about a month or so. And then Clone Wars figures, we've got the very best of Season 4, new uh, helmet on Rex, some great uh, great stuff there. And of course, an all new Ahsoka, you know her from the first couple episodes, a scuba Ahsoka, and Season 4 Wolf, brand new helmet. And we also have some battle packs coming out. These are all six brand new sculpts, and we are particularly excited about them. 
<laughs> the, the Darth Maul specifically in the set and the Darth Vader and the Boba Fett are absolutely hands down my favorite sculpts we've ever done for these characters. They're just gorgeous. They look exactly like what you see on the screen. It's amazing. Oh, oh, the big one. All right, we've heard a little bit of chatter about this online. Some people excited about the MTT, some questions about the MTT. You know, we were doing uh, episode one this year, celebrating the movie, and you have to do the MTT. You're going to do a big vehicle. This is the one you do. So we wanted to make this very special. Mark Boudreau built this from scratch. Comes with 20 battle droids. And Obi-Wan Kenobi, he needs to fight something. <laughs> so it's loaded with figures, it's loaded with projectiles, it's loaded with features. And I know there's been some questions. People have been asking, okay, does it retract? Are the, are the droids out there all the time? Does it go in? Does it go out? How does this thing work? We thought we could answer the question right here and now. <laughs> Retractable, 16 droids come out of there. It also comes back in. So both ways, it's automatic, it's motorized. Again, it's loaded with electronics, terrific features. And Eric can talk you through some of the additional features as well as the battle droids themselves. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great item. It's got, it's got room for tons of droids. It can sit, sit up here in the cockpit, which completely folds up. It's got like battle station spaces down here where you can fit, once again, tons more droids and storage space back here. And as you said, it does retract automatically. It folds all back in, and it has tons of sound effects and lines from the movie and all sorts of stuff. It's fantastic. So there's 20 droids in total. Four of them are articulated, arms and legs, and the rest of them, 16, are battle posed. They are on these stands, so it's easy to play with them as troops. And they've got articulation in the all-important blaster arms. And if, should you wish to, you could buy a whole lot of vintage battle droid figures that fold up and put them inside. So a lot of play here with the MTT. We're really excited about this coming out this fall. Next, who wants to talk about vintage? Of course, we want to talk about vintage. We are going over 100 figures now from a collector uh, numbering standpoint. So a ton of vintage and a lot of great ones coming out this year. As you know, they're already at shelf, uh, our first wave. And I'm happy to say, Ben Quadneros is selling really well. So thank you. Thank you for your support. Eric's going to talk you through some of the awesomeness that's to come. Um, yeah, coming up in wave six, we've got a oddball who is mostly new, he's fantastic there, the pilot from episode three, and Grandma Parkin, finally on a vintage card, Grandma Parkin. And one of the last skip cards we have to do is the Nikto um, from, the vintage, from the original vintage line. Um, also in this wave, we have uh, Starkiller Galen Merrick, who comes with two different sets of gear, so you can dress them up as either the, the uh, in, in his bad guy outfit or his rebel outfit from later in the game. Um, we also have from the Old Republic, which we're continuing with more Old Republic figures. We have Shay Vizsla, who comes with the, the flamethrower accessories, two pistols, interchangeable helmet and head, so she does have the bounty on her helmet as well as the, the, her hair down and everything. And Wave 7, uh, finally, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan 
Kenobi in their Clone Wars gear, except in realistic style. This is what you and McGregor would look like if Clone Wars was a movie instead of animation. Um, this wave, uh, this wave has one of my all-time favorite figures in it, which is Neon Nub. Um, he is finally the correct type. He is a short little guy, which is it was, I was so happy to get to do him. And uh, Lee Quay, which is also another addition from the Vintage line, and the Emperor's Royal Guard. Those are two different sets of gear, both training and the uh, moving accurate guard gear. All right, let's talk about our Comic-Con exclusive. Every year, we reveal something special here. And this year, it's going to be something different. This year, we actually have a brand new line look that's going to be available for a limited time. We went back to the Deep Dark Kenner archives and looked for packaging that made it to the final cut. George Lucas was deciding between which line look to go to, the famous chrome and black or this one. The last minute, he went chrome and black. We know it, we love it, we've been celebrating it for the past few years. But this was the runner-up. So what our team was able to do, Dave Reeves back at our headquarters, took some concept art, it looked like uh, pencil sketches, colored sketches, and he finished it to make it appear as though it would if Kenner had launched it. So we've got fantastic new lineup that's going to come out with these vintage articulated figures. And we're going to do it in a multi-pack that has six figures. This is... Carbonite freezing chamber. And it's going to contain six figures, one from each movie. And these figures are going to be available both in this pack on that new line look, the lost line look. And they're also going to be available at retail after Comic-Con. And they're going to be available on Kenner, Vintage, Chrome, and Black Cards. And they're going to be available on this new line look as well. Sort of uh, the same way we handled the Revenge Return cards uh, last year. So again, not only are we doing these six articulated figures, but we've got the brand new packaging that's going to be in the pack and at mainline. Here's a glimpse at six of the cards. Eric's going to talk through in a little bit more detail what each of the six figures are, but we wanted to give you a glimpse of this gorgeous artwork of this, uh, of this new Lost Line look. So we wanted to do something special. In addition to the six figures, there's one additional figure, and it's Jar Jar. Got some, got some applause. I know some of you are saying, Jar Jar, what are they doing another Jar Jar for? This is not just any old Jar Jar things. We actually are doing... Not the zombie Jar Jar, better. No, it won't have a collector number on it. But you'll want to pick it up. We are doing the Jar Jar things, and he's in the Carbonite. And this is based on the full-size Jar Jar and Carbonite that was developed by two fans. Uh, and it's currently on display at Lucasfilm's headquarters out in California. And our team decided to dive in and do it as a three and three-quarter inch figure. We, we, we... It was a joy to work out. <laughs> um, the, the carbonite isn't just one big solid block either. It has all the details on both the bottom and the, 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 the flip side of it. It also, the, the middle piece of it slips out of the frame and can turn around and slip back in. And it has the backwards imprint of Jar Jar. Like he just fell out of the carbonite, kind of like when you see Han fall out of the carbonite in Jabba's palace. Um, and the figure that comes in the set for the episode one, which is also Jar Jar, 
fits into it. Like, you can kind of sit in there like, like he's just coming out of stasis. So the next six figures, Eric's going to take you through. These are the figures available in this set, and of course they'll be at Mainline as well in both types of packaging. Yeah, uh, this set has all new Jar Jar Binks with soft goods skirt, and he's got two accessories. He's got full articulation, as much as we can fit into the figure. Uh, also, clone Lieutenant with the blue stripes and the uh, Shock Trooper from Episode 3. These are on the new super articulated clone trooper body. Uh, we also have the Sand Trooper from Episode 4. He comes with the Sentry Droid and a cool clear post that hooks to the, uh, to the backpack. Um, he also comes with a new E11 blaster with a fold-out stock. So it's the first time we're going to have the fold-out stock on the blaster. Um, in Wave 8, we have uh, Oromarco Prune Face, another update to one of our vintage figures. Um, we also have from another figure from the Old Republic, we have the Republic Trooper. His gun is as tall as he is in the package. It's immense. It's so cool. And he also comes with helmet, knife, blaster. He comes with tons of accessories. Thanks to a lot of you, the Old Republic has been a terrific success so far. We're really excited about it. So you're going to see more and more figures from the Old Republic in the, in the months and the years to come. Ah, Hasbro's fan choice winner. Um, is it Jackson? It might be Jackson. No. No. <laughs> it is. The fan choice is the figure I would have voted on. It is my absolute hands-on favorite Star Wars character. Um, it is, of course, Mara Jade Skywalker. I am super excited to be working on this figure. She is going to have all the articulation, all the accessories that we come to expect from Vintage. She is going to be a fantastic figure. And like I said, she is my favorite character, so I am just diving right in and pushing very hard to make sure she is the best figure we can get. I'm super excited about it, about working on her. From a lightsaber perspective, of course, we're going to continue the Ultimate FX lightsaber, so those have been a huge hit with kids. We're going to have Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out. And then, of course, Episode 1, Yee Darth Maul. You'll be able to buy two of these Darth Maul lightsabers, and each one comes with an adapter. You can connect them, and you get the Ultimate, Ultimate FX double-bladed Darth Maul lightsaber. Perfect for Halloween. Fighter pods. We are really excited about fighter pods. These things are amazing. The sculpt and the detail and the paint. Uh, there's over 100 figures. We have a lot more in development for the next year. We're doing everybody in this line. Even uh, Jack Porkins. Everybody is in this line. And we love it for kids because you can battle. You've got these pods that let you, you, you stand your guys up, knock them down, set them up, knock them down. It's mass mayhem warfare. But in addition, uh, we've got a great... Uh, opportunity to leverage the wonderful personalities of these characters and the way they look. So we have a little bit of a video to show you. This is something that's going to be available online. We're doing a series of them throughout the year and you get to see the first one. Unleash the pods! We love these and we're going 
going to do a bunch of them throughout the year. My favorite one coming up, I haven't seen it yet in its finished form, but it involves Chewbacca, a lightsaber, and a limbo contest. <laughs> Next up is Amped. This was revealed in name just the other day. You're probably wondering, what is Amped? What are they doing down there at Hasbro? This is something that's brand new to Star Wars. This is the chance for vehicle customization. We're letting kids take the most iconic Star Wars vehicle and amp them up and outfit them for any mission. It's very quick and very easy to do. We're going to show you what this looks like. In a pack, let's say this pack, where you get the TIE Fighter and the X-Wing Fighter, it, it, it comes with the core vehicles and a sea of parts. A lot of gear inspired by all the technology from the films. And this lets you amp up your vehicles and customize them, get them ready for any battle whether it's ground, sea, land, or air. So a lot of parts and a lot of ability to customize. These are just some of the vehicles you could do. The TIE Crawler, you can go from a ground vehicle to a space vehicle, and all of this you can do within just a few minutes. Very quick, very easy. Uh, we've got a table at work with a sea of parts, and we just go to town so on it. It's very quick customizing. You can just throw stuff together so fast. It's so much fun, and it's so just... It's really cool. Here's another example of what you can do with the, uh, the X-Wing. You can turn it into a ground craft with these pontoons on the front, and of course, different types of space battles. And best of all, you can arm them and weaponize them, and, and they really become these cool ships that kids can build and let their imaginations go wild. And you know, like Jeff was saying, the, the combinations are just they're endless. We can just keep on going with them. Like the, the, AT, the AAT has you know, the normal standard vehicle, and then it's got a flying vehicle. And then it's got like a ground mission. You can see the lights on there from the home spider droid. It's like all the tech that we, all the tech for it is all pulled from the war and from the, so it looks like Star Wars. Everything still looks like Star Wars. And it's just, it's very fun. Again, Jedi Starfighter, it's got multiple modes. And more than this, you can do over 30 combinations with this vehicle alone. ATRT with Clone Trooper. It's you can get the standard Walker. You can get the uh, you know, it comes with treads, so it's like a little swamp tank vehicle and very cool. So we have a line of all different price points, uh, both larger and smaller. And even these smaller packs, these smaller vehicles, have at least 20 different ways to customize in, in, in meaningfully differentiated ways, different types of vehicles. So 20 is just the start of it. And again, the, the staff is, is also in that smaller price point with the ATRP, with the AT, the ATAP, and it's, uh, you know, it's got multiple modes, too, and you can see the wings on this are pulled from the Vulture Droid, kind of, the little extra walking wings and, and stuff, so just, the combinations, like you said, are endless, like, you can just keep on going, and very fast and very fun. So downstairs, we've got fighter pods, we've got amp, the pieces are out there. You'll be able to mix and match and play with the different vehicles. Again, each vehicle can be customized in so many different ways. It's a ton of fun. So we want to get you down there after the next presentation so you can see them. Uh, well, thank you for your support. You'll get, to see, you'll get to see Jar Jar down there as well. Take him out. Thank you. Jeff and Eric, thank you very much. So that is our show for the today. today. We'll be back tomorrow because we are going at 7 in the freaking morning to Lego. Yeah. I love Lego. I love that they're so nice to the fan sites to let us come out and give us some special time. They give us sugar and coffee. It's okay. I hate that it's at 7 in the morning. I'm yeah. not a morning person. But we got them. 
Uncle Milton, Diamond, and who knows what else is out there. Usually comic images and Funko have some cool stuff. And sometimes it's just fun. We're going to look around the show floor. There's a lot of people who don't have the license approval yet, and they've made just a prototype. And sometimes we'll see things like that that we'll see in a year or two. And then some things you just never see, which is kind of the fun of this. So we're going to be recording tomorrow live at Javits and bringing you that show with all the other details. But for now, let us know what you think of The Phantom Menace in 3D at 415 508 Jedi, and we're going to get to those in a couple of weeks. Also, let us know your thoughts of Hasbro. Send an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com or again, our voicemail, 415-508-JEDI. Next week, because we're doing two shows this week, Jerry and Dan are going to take the reins and give you their thoughts on Toy Fair and such, but we will be back tomorrow with more from New York. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit yakface.com and jedi-temple-archives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.